and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for something new and something different, which is always both terrifying and exciting at the same time. Because tonight we are not only doing our first planned one hour challenge, and it's the planning which is the new bit there, but for the first time ever, we have invited some of our fabulous community to join us. So, um, first off, uh, the co-host with the co-most <laughs> with me this evening is John Whitmore. John, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Good evening. It's a delight to have you here, John. Um, regrettably, the co-hosts who are not here because we've had a bad case of sickness ripping through sunny 16 towers lately. Uh, so both Rachel and Claire can't be with us tonight because they are both like sick, sick. They are both um, feeling very poorly, unrelated because they haven't seen each other. But yeah, they've both been properly under the weather um, and so can't be with us, which is a real shame because I know they were both looking forward to it. I'm not sure how much planning either of them have done in advance, but let's not look into that. Maybe it's the worry of not doing any planning that uh, made them feel sick. But Never mind, that's all right, because to fill that Rachel and Claire-sized gap, we've got three fabulous members of our community here with us. So, joining us, we've got John Michael Mendeza. Say hello, John Michael. Hello. We have Billy Sanford. Say hello, Billy. Hello. And we have Nick Marshall. Say hello, Nick. Hello, everyone. Guys, it's really great to have you here with us this evening. Um, like I said, we threw out the call saying, if anybody wants to join us, get in touch and let me know. And... Honestly, I'm perfectly fortunate. You three guys said, yes, you're up for doing it, and a load more people didn't, which for this first run through, I think is absolutely perfect, because if we're going to fail, I like to fail in at least as small a group as possible. <laughs> so, as mentioned at the offset, the reason we're all together tonight is because we're going to do a one-hour challenge. Challenge? A one-hour challenge. challenge. Um, <laughs> uh, that's how we say that word. And... The there's no particular theme to it, other than ideally some sort of forethought was supposed to have gone into it. But really, I mean, you know, <laughs> you can't get everything. So, um, but so there's no particular theme. But we wanted to at least I wanted to try and plan in advance, um, and I've done some. I've done some planning in advance. Um, I know that the amount of planning in advance varies amongst the group of us. So let's do a quick round robin, John. How much planning have you done for the, for this evening? I actually ended up doing a small amount of planning. Um, I had an initial idea, which was just ridiculous. I wanted to go out to a forest, take <laughs> some strobes with me, potentially shoot a large format image. Rapidly decided that that was a bad idea <laughs> and I'd never get that done in an hour. Where is the so, nearest forest to you? Uh, it's, probably, it's probably five, ten minutes okay. drive. But then when you factor that in each way and then getting to the spot I probably wanted to use, you know, an hour was, it's not long enough, is it, really? And also, I'd have to run back through the house quietly, not waking my daughter <laughs> on the way, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a bad idea all around. <laughs> and you wanted to wear your pajamas, if I remember correctly, too. So that just yeah, makes that it all a bit more challenging. <laughs> yeah. I like that. that. That part was achievable. I could have worn my pajamas <laughs> underneath, like my jeans, just stripped off straight away in the forest, you know. It, but logistically, it just wouldn't have worked. So I pretty much can that idea. But then that led to thinking, well, how can I create a similar visual in my shed, basically, which made me think about using projectors. Um, and so, yeah, I've done a bit of planning regards actually getting hold of a projector so i had to borrow that off somebody and then just some quick lighting tests and actually setting the projector up 
but no more than that. <laughs> okay, uh, John Michael, what about you? I know you've done some planning because you brought you showed us an object that you have bought to be a subject. Well, yeah, I have done some planning. I have some setup already. I've got two strobe lights set up, uh, speed lights uh, upstairs. And my plan is to shoot um, some Jason Lane speed plates on my Rolleiflex. Um, I have this little plate adapter that only you three can see. So the nice. little plates go in the back of the Rolleiflex, which is kind of cool. And uh, I figured that would be the... I don't have a large format, so it's the, the quickest I can do is to do one plate at a time. And then um, I have... Uh, going to shoot a roll in my Hasselblad at the same time. So that's the idea. And my awesome. wife was kind enough to volunteer. Well, she was kind enough to agree to be the subject of that. So I'm going to try and do some very low key, almost silhouette type portraits of her. Sounds lovely. Excellent. Billy, what about you? What's Have you it? got a plan? Oh, go ahead, John. I, I was just going to ask what speed plates you've got. Because they, they do well, they they're the speed plates, which means that they have a theoretical ISO of twenty five. But uh, Jason recommends shooting them two <laughs> stops slower with um, artificial lighting. So I will be shooting yes. them at ISO six. Mm, not so zoom. <laughs> the word speed seems pretty misleading in that. It's all relative. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Billy, how much planning have you done for this? Uh, so, a couple of weeks ago, I had my first go at shooting some still lifes with a single flash. So I thought I was, I would try to run back through that exercise. Um, I got some decent results uh, from that first batch, but would just like to see if I could improve on that. So in terms of planning, I get, I guess I've I've done the exercise once already, but not within the space of an hour. I. I took a little bit more time <laughs> that first time, but didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so hopefully uh, that will help speed up the process this time around. That sounds good. Now, Nick, I know you're coming in on us pretty hot, but have you got an idea for what you're going to do? Um, not a great idea. The, <laughs> the weather has, has been very rainy, except today it's sunny, so I mm -hmm. can do something outside. Uh, and I was thinking of grabbing, I have tons of instant film and instant cameras, so that's Perfect. kind of a go-to for me because I can at least see if I have usable results. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about developing uh, film and, and uh, finding out that I didn't get anything. But um, I might challenge myself by using some expired film that may or may, may not work. Um, <laughs> It's Other than that, no, I'll have, I'll think of finding something outside. Other than that, I'm not sure. See, that sounds great. You're so lucky because outside just really isn't an option for us in this part of the world <laughs> at the moment. So quite jealous of you there. Well, it sounds good. I mean, everybody has at least an idea of a thing that they want to try and accomplish. And I feel really confident that we're all going to knock it out of the park. So, Especially you, because you haven't told us what you're good planning on doing yet. No, well, this is the great thing, you see, that uh, I've, <laughs> I have actually, in the, th in the whole thing of this planning thing, I'm actually so organized that I've already recorded a piece saying what my plan is. So <laughs> what we're going to do now is we are going to go, we're going to split. It's 
half past eight here in the UK. So we've got one hour. We're going to split now. In podcast terms, what we're going to jam seamlessly into here is um, the bit of recording that I did beforehand talking about my planning. Uh, John is going to record something at some point talking about his planning, which we'll seamlessly jam in here. Definitely. Uh, Claire might as well. We're hoping Claire, even though she can't be with us this evening to do this because she's feeling sick, if she feels better before the podcast goes out, then we'll jam that in too. Um, so that's what you've got to look forward to. Maybe even rage too but i think we might be pushing the optimism envelope a little bit far there um and then we will move back here in one hour to see how it all went to see what massive successes it all was and of course because we're all shooting film we'll all just having to hope that yeah we've definitely got it apart from you nick you will be the only one who might actually have some results go yeah look this looks great so are you ready gentlemen yes ready ball ready then I will see you all back here in one hour. Hello, everybody. It's John here. I'm just talking a little bit about my preparation for the one-hour photo challenge shoot. Um, so I guess the best place to start is to wind back to the thought of planning Um and think even just thinking about planning and how you're going to go about that. Obviously, the first thing is to think of um, the image that you're going to take. And with such a kind of broad brief, um, it's very difficult to kind of focus on something straight away and think about how you're going to achieve that. So my the initial thought that popped into my head was um, with the theme of winter 2020. I just had this image of me stood in the forest at night, um, lit up in my pajamas, kind of wandering around in a zombie state and sleepwalking, a bit kind of forlorn and just kind of a loss of direction, showing the isolation of, of the time. Um, all really happy stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> no hope in there at all but hey that's that's the f that's the first image that propped into my head um on that thought so then it's just like well how can i practically do that in an hour um i'd have to get to a location i'd have to set up the shot and realistically it just wouldn't be possible within an hour you know like getting there is going to take up at least a third of the time like getting there and back would take up at least a third of the time possibly more um i could prep everything else i could do some test shots um, i could find the location beforehand uh, but still i thought logistically it didn't really make sense so I, I scrapped that idea straight off um and i guess that's part of planning isn't it is is coming round to the reality of of the constraints that you've got and working within those boundaries so then I thought, right, I'll rein it in and do something in the location that I'm at in my dark shed. Um, but I still wanted that kind of forest isolation feel, like a lone person, myself, in the forest, um, isolated, and it to feel very kind of cold and cool. So then I started thinking about projecting or having a backdrop of that of a forest um, and as part of another project that would have it that week 
I was out taking some photos of trees and representing midwinter. So I factored that into it. Um, so that kind of became part of the planning while I was out doing another shoot. I was also thinking about images that could be used for this. Um, the next was like a logistical factor. Like at the moment, I have a lot on a lot of different things like some writing, some video editing and shooting, some digital editing, all for paid clients. And they're obviously priority. So I had to factor in those elements in my planning along with planning this. So a lot of my thoughts and was like in very brief moments where ideas were ticking over in my head, I would write them down on a piece of paper, like a, a notebook where I was logging all these things. Um, but I wasn't physically doing any planning. It was all all very much in my head and scattered notes. But what I did do, and I quite often do this, is like as I'm falling asleep or if I wake in the night and I'm lying there staring into the darkness, I'll start visualizing images. And unfortunately, quite often I forget them when I wake um, the next day. But I, I do think part of it seeps in. And when you actually come to producing the images, it will come, it comes back out for you. So that's, that is part of my kind of, I guess, creative planning process is just visualizing things and kind of paying attention to other images I'm seeing. So when I started researching, um, projection, I had to, like, I went down a bit of a, a wormhole wormhole a rabbit hole um looking at kind of film projection and how rear projection's done um i also had the idea of projecting kind of so it would catch the light would catch my face from the projector as well but really i didn't want that i wanted to put myself in an environment so i started looking into rear projection and how that's used in movies as well um which is a bit bit of a tangent or whatnot but the reality of setting something like that up i had no experience in um the first challenge was i don't have a projector so i had to plan that in advance to make sure i could borrow a projector off somebody in time thank you very much tara for lending me your projector um which in itself involved planning when i was when would i be free um to go and collect when was tara free so i could go and collect it from her you know all these things feeding in together to make sure i had everything available at the point of the sheet. So as part of that, that research into uh, movies, I, it also made me decide I wanted to shoot on movie film. Um, so I, I wanted to shoot black and white. Uh, so I chose Kodak double X. I can't remember the code. That is five, two, 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 I think. Um, and this was a pre-rolled a 35 mil canister that I've got from camera film photos, part of their advent calendar. Uh, so that decision was made uh, fairly, fairly swiftly. Um, I'd, I'd had a look at some test images on online of that film and I really liked the look of it for what I was going for. Um, I got hold of the projector on the, the day before the shoot um, and was able to spend 20, 30 minutes setting it up um i found a white sheet um i didn't even have time 
to iron it. Um, <laughs> so I had to work with that as well. Um, or think about working with that. And my kind of initial tests with the projector were, were varied. Um, one thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is I've been working on lots of different projects in my dark shed and it's got pretty untidy in here because I haven't tidied up after each of those projects. So everything's accumulating mess wise and that became a real problem. So I would have much preferred to have been able to uh, spend more time clearing everything out, creating as much space as possible. Because one thing that did become evident with my initial tests is to do rear projection. You need a large amount of space to get a big image on a sheet. And I was really hoping to do a full length shot um, of myself stood in front of this virtual forest. That became evident very quickly during my planning that uh, I wasn't able to do that. So I, at that point, I decided, right, it's just going to be um, like a headshot or like a medium close up, I guess. Um, and then I ran out of time for planning that part. But at least I'd got to that stage before the shoot. And I was then able to change the visualization in my head about what I was going to, to work on. The other thing that became very evident during that planning phase was I took a couple of digital shots and um, lighting myself with the backdrop didn't work out straight away. I initially tried that using a strobe and the strobe was way too powerful compared to the lights coming from the projector. Um, so I, I knew immediately that that wasn't going to work. Like I say, I didn't have any more time to plan that part. So I had to come up with another solution on the actual shoot, but that was okay. I, I knew not to waste any time attempting that or at least filtering the, the strobe lights um, with some sort of like an ND gel or something just to reduce that power. Cause I couldn't move it any further. The, the problem I found during that planning phase as well was that any light going onto the sheet completely washed out the projection. So I would have to block the light so it just hit me um, and I wasn't able to move away from the sheet either because of the size of the sheet um, and the space I have available. So I had to be quite close to it and come up with a lighting solution for that. So that was always ticking over in my head that, um, and even though I wasn't able to practically plan that part, I was already thinking of solutions to do it. And it, then I'd just have to implement them when it actually came to the shoot. Um, so what else did I do planning wise? Um, I made sure my, I had the film ready. Um, I was going to shoot on my Nikon F6. Um, although it, it wasn't that important uh, because I was doing test shots with a D800 um, and I was going to shoot entirely manually and I'd be able to just transfer those settings straight over to the film camera. Um, it would be possible to meter to come up with these shots uh, to get the exposure right. Um, but using a digital camera, I knew it was a fail safe way of, of getting the exposure right. So I just had to make sure I had a battery charged, which like I say, I've had some other jobs on this week that involved my digital camera. So I've been going through charging my batteries frequently. Um, so I always knew I would have a battery available. Um, and an SD card for that wasn't 
like wasn't a problem either um what else did i need to plan okay the, the actual look of of the image um so i was going to wear my pajamas and a plain white t-shirt so i had those available as well um although i knew i wasn't gonna do the full length one so it's just about having a, a plain white t-shirt um and the, the other thing i had to plan were think about planning was how i was going to get the images onto the projector um so during my initial test with that as well it was making sure i had the right cabling to connect the projector to my computer and i had the images um, already digitized so the project i had on earlier in the week i needed to make sure that i had them scanned and processed ready for this uh, so i factored that in and got that done in advance but if, if you know you're short on time doing it in a space an environment where you've got things to hand and you know you've got them takes a lot of the pressure off that so i was i was fairly comfortable that once i decided right i'm doing it all in the shed i've got access to the equipment that i need either here or, or in my house very quickly if i decided to go out into the field i would have had to pre-plan what equipment to take with me as it turned out i'd already kind of thought all that through and set it all up and, and tested it so yeah, that was all good to go apart from the lighting i am feeling quite confident about going into the shoot uh, based on those those parameters um so i just have to see how the images turn out now as always <laughs> yeah well uh, i'll check back in once i've processed the film and uh, see how it actually turned out so it turns out that if you want to take pictures and get something useful during a one hour period in the middle of winter, um, planning is really important. And actually going through the process of doing some planning has made me realize how utterly, utterly stuck I might be if I hadn't done any. So I wanna talk you through what my planning process has been. Uh, the first thing I needed to do was to figure out what on earth I was going to do. Uh, I had no ideas and so I approached it in the way that I tend to approach things when I'm doing gardening with people and they're stuck for ideas for what to do with an area and when you're faced with well you could do anything the first thing you want to do is narrow down the choices uh, by kind of removing all the things that aren't possible. So uh, here's my thought process. So obviously it could be either indoors or outdoors. Um, and because of the light levels, there's obviously not going to be enough natural light to do anything unless it was very long exposures or using uh, artificial light. And I decided that I really want to try and use black and white if possible, because I can develop that at home easily. Indoors or outdoors. Uh, so it's going to be just after eight o'clock when we start this. So it's going to be pitch black outside. Um, here was my thought process. So indoors potential subject material indoors so we've got the cats got our new cats uh, which are very beautiful very lovely i don't trust them at all uh, whether they would sit still when i went to other when i came in here to do this they were herring around the place trashing the joint so that's not a reliable subject to go with there's the christmas tree we've got a christmas tree up but i was thinking of doing black and white black and white and christmas tree i mean i know you can get some nice pictures but it wasn't really what i wanted and i couldn't think of any angle 
to go with on a Christmas tree to get something that would be a bit different. Obviously, Sinead, my lovely partner, um, which uh, at the time when I was doing this planning, I was concerned she might not be here because she's been working late. But fortunately, she is. And there's also Will, her son, but he's not here. And I did also think, well, I could just do a still life of some fruit or some cameras or, you know, whatever one does a still life of. But that seemed like a bit of a cop out choice. So uh, what I've ended up going with as my plan is going with Sinead as a model. Um, because when I thought about shooting outside, um, although there was perhaps more opportunities in terms of subject material, because there are some buildings around here, there's the church, I could have taken my motorbike out and used that, but it's quite cold. Fortunately, it's not freezing and it's not raining, but I didn't know these things. I didn't know in advance it was going to be like that, so I had to kind of assume, worst case scenario, that it would be cold and wet. Um, so anyway, my end decision was to go with inside and to use Sinead as my subject material. Okay, so the next thing I had to do was figure out what I was going to use. So because I'm inside and because I'm using Sinead, I know I'm going to have to use artificial light. So I've got some kit. I've got one decent, fairly modern flash and a couple of older ones. I've got a couple of stands and an umbrella. I've also got a kind of workman's floodlight unit, an LED floodlight unit. Um, in terms of cameras, the three choices I was thinking about was either my Bronica. Ideally, I want to use my Bronica tonight. Um, but I've also got my FM3, or F3 rather, not FM3, F3 and my OM1 on standby in case of any problems. And um, it's going to have to be in the living room. There's, uh, our house is it's a reasonable size house, but it's not big. And the extension, which is normally quite a good space, is full of Christmas tree. So that's no good. Um, so we're going to have to use the living room and looking through into the extension. Um, so the idea I came up with to give me something of a backdrop is to somehow mount... Uh, my initial idea was to go with a sheet, hang a sheet on a pole somehow in the space that leads from the living room into our little extension bit so that we've got a bit of room and then I've got a backdrop there. Uh, on subsequent conversations with John and Claire after one podcast recording, uh, the suggestion was raised for using chiffon. Um, I think Claire suggested that chiffon could be a really good background material and I jumped on Amazon whilst we were chatting and what I found I could get in time and was reasonably priced was some a pair of grey chiffon I think chiffon is the right word it's the like well, it's the stuff they make curtains out of sometimes because they're curtains these are curtains I've got um, so these thin grey curtains really handy thing is because they're curtains they've got rings in them so I been able to figure out a way to jewelry rig and get those up so that's going to be my backdrop um in terms of things i needed to make sure were done in advance i need to make sure i had film so as i said i'm going with black and white i've got a roll of fp4 i think that's what i'm going to use i've just loaded up the bronica um, I'm not sure what I'm going to rate the fp4 at yet i think i'm going to see what the light situation is like and go from there um, I needed to do a test of how I was going to fit this curtain up because uh, that was a bit of a faff. So the way that I've actually ended up doing it, I've got two old tripods, um, a 
roll that's used to open a sort of long pokey thing that's used to open the Velux window as our thing to thread it through, and uh, some clamps. This was another bit of preparation came in really handy. I realized that I was going to have issues with this. So I bought a pack of clamps from my local screw fix. Other hardware stores are available. And there's two, three pairs of three different sizes. Yeah, three pairs of different sizes, um, small ones to little ones. And they are actually proving to be super useful for jewelry rigging us all together. So I got that up, uh, hung on the curtain the other day, went, okay, this looks great. Uh, and the cats was like, ooh, new hanging thing for us to terrorise. And they started lying on it, tearing into it. And it's like, okay, another thing that I need to know in advance for the shoot is that these cats need to be banned from the room. Um, although I have had some pushback against that because when I did a couple of test shots just on my phone using to see how the light would bounce off this um, backdrop and using the floodlight behind to kind of illuminate it. <laughs> One of the cats is in the picture and it looks quite um, cool and ghostly in the background. So um, Claire's very much of the opinion that I should include the cats in it, but I am very much of the opinion that they will just raise absolute havoc if I leave them in the room. So they're probably gonna get evicted. Maybe if I have some time, they'll get brought in. Because of all the lighting, I needed to make sure that I've got batteries sorted. So I've been doing lots of battery charging and stuff like that. Um, what else was there I've had to get sorted up? Uh, um, that's the main thing. So anyway, so I kind of thought I wanted to do, I did myself, again, I've been, I was writing on this, I made myself a task list with to-do lists, um, dates when I needed to have things done by. So order a sheet, order the clamps, uh, charge the batteries, get the spotlight charged up, and um, find and check my flash triggers because I didn't know where they were. Found them. Um, also managed to find the battery for my or the battery charger for my digital camera, which I had not seen for months, and that could have caused the problem because I want to be able to at least have the option of using my digital camera to test exposures. Um, and then test the flash with the camera devise the method of mounting the backdrop, which I got done. Lighting test, digital, I haven't done any lighting tests yet. So this is where we're coming to the bits where I had the plan and haven't done it yet. Um, but lighting tests with film and digital, just didn't have time for those things. And then finally, um, develop and te check test film. As mentioned, that hasn't happened, but it was a nice idea. Recharge all the batteries and discuss shoot ideas. Uh, We've discussed shoot ideas. Sinead has bought herself a new dress for this shoot. That's the excuse that she's used, a new dress and some shoes for this shoot. Uh, that's, if it makes her happy, then that works for me. Um, so that, all the planning that I got done, I think it was quite a lot. I think that's quite thorough planning. I Hopefully I thought through everything that needs to be done for this to work. Um, and as you can probably tell, as I mentioned, I'm recording this before I do the shoot because this is another part of it. In terms of preparation, I don't want to, whilst I'm doing the shoot, especially when I'm working with Sinead and with both of the set, I don't want to be stopping to talk about what I'm doing because I'll be self-conscious about that and I'll be flapping enough as it is, I'm sure, trying to figure out what I'm doing with these lights and stuff because as I said, we haven't tested the lighting setup. Um, so I'm recording this in advance. That's part of my plan and preparation. Um, the thing that I wasn't 
prepared or planned for uh, hadn't really intended to do was I sort of threw myself off my motorbike earlier today um, now I'm fine my motorbike is a little bit less fine um, but when the motorbike flipped me up in the air I did sort of land on my shoulder um, which is quite uncomfortable and not as useful as it usually is as shoulders go so I have spent the last half an hour getting as much of the setup done as possible because I know I'm not going to be able to work quickly and I had to get all the light stands I've got a couple of light stands set up um, I've got the tripods up I've got the rig in place ready to hang the curtain so I've done as much as I can beforehand to compensate for the fact that I've jiggered my shoulder up um, I've made sure that the Nikon is ready because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to use the Veronica just because of the weight issue but I really am hoping I can um, so again, I'm glad that I had a plan that I could fire into active use and get ready in advance. The things that I'm worried about for tonight's shoot are one, just getting the lighting right because we haven't tested that. I'm worried that I'm going to mess it up. I've got a couple, well, I've got a couple of LED lights, but they're not super strong, and I'm not sure they'll have enough light to. Do the job well so I have also got my flash um, and less than I managed to get my digital camera charged up and hopefully with all of this prep that I've done I've given myself enough room to check things test things and try things to get the results I want but what goes along with that and the other thing that I'm really worried about is that the batteries are just going to fail on me on these things I should have got more batteries Sinead picked up a battery pack of batteries earlier in the week and I looked at them and oh great we've got those as a backup set of batteries to go with the rechargeables um, but I've just looked at them and they're they're Kodak batteries um, Kodak known makers of batteries so basically these are cheap garbage batteries they are zinc batteries which are not meant for heavy use I don't think they're going to last very long I don't think they're going to charge up very quickly in the flash ah um and if the batteries, if I just chew through all the batteries that I've got, be it in the LED panel or in the um, flash, I don't really have much else to fall back on. Um, I then only have left, as the only lighting option I have left, if, if those fail, is the floodlight that can at least be plugged into a wall. So I at least have something, and maybe I could use that with the modifier to improve it. So I at least have something, but that is, I'm not feeling great about that. The other thing I'm not feeling great about is that we haven't really got an idea for how the shoot's going to look um, and how we're going to position it. I know that it's going to be a seated shoot because the height of the tripods at maximum extension means it's, even with Sinead's not excessively tall height, um, it's not going to be possible to shoot her full length standing up. So it's going to be sat down or crouched or something like that. I don't know. Um, but those are the main things, really. I think hopefully hopefully i've managed to get all the other things done i've checked the bronica that all seems to be working okay um the batteries in the grip seem to be okay the batteries in the light meter are okay have i got backups for those if they fail no i don't think i have but i have got the f3 which has got 200 speed film in halfway through i don't know what it is probably color if it's 200 but we'll find out when i get around to developing it I really should use that little window for putting a film card in. Um, 
and I have got my OM1, which I know the light meter is, uh, the battery in that is working, and that is empty at the moment. So in the case of an emergency, I can dash through here, grab a roll of something and stick that in. So I think I've got my bases covered fairly well. Um, it's just really the lighting and the posing that could m make it rubbish. But, you know, fingers crossed it works and I get something out of it. Oh, I also had to buy some Ilfosol 3 because <laughs> the other thing in terms of preparation is that I've come to the conclusion that my HD110 is probably past the point of using it reliably. It's turned pretty dark orange and the last roll of film I developed in it was not as dense as I would have expected. So I think I'm going to give up on that at this point, which is probably nearly two years old and just move on. So I bought some Ilfosol 3 so I know that at least that will be good. Wish me luck, everyone. So for my planning for the one hour challenge on the theme of winter, um, my starting point was um, should I be indoors or outdoors? Um, I, I initially thought indoors and um, it's winter and it's Christmas time and maybe tree and lights, but... Um, that hasn't worked out because I don't even have any uh, decorations up yet. Um, and so I decided that um, I'm going to do the challenge um, outdoors in my neighbourhood. Um, and I'm going to think about how I can best represent in an hour the theme of winter. And I've got some ideas about... Um, photographing people's kind of lights coming through people's windows at night that kind of cozy night sort of voyeuristic looking to sort of snapshots in, into people's world in in, in my community um, I've also decided that um, I want to take um, one of the well I've got a choice of two actually if not three um, petrol stations at night because I like their aesthetic at night when they're kind of alone and lit up. I've got two to choose from in my village um, and I've got a third possibly that I could drive to but I might be pushing it for the hour. Um, so I think I'm going to um, have to, that's my first challenge, to think about which of the two garages I'm going to go with <clears throat> and um, which kind of um, areas of my of my village as well I'm going to focus on, um, which houses maybe. So that's my first um, part of my planning, and, and I'll, I'll be going off um, shortly to, to just do a quick recce. Okay, so I'm, I'm back now. I've, I've been outside and I've done my recce. Um, so I know... Um, what places I want to focus on um, for my actual one-hour challenge um, after being around the area, around the neighbourhood, um, and I know exactly what garage I'm going to focus on as well. So getting my kit together, so I'm, I'm going to be using my, my, you know, one of my Canon cameras. I'm going to use some um, Cine Still 800 film um, and, and just the available light. So um, that's what I'm going to do for my challenge. Yeah, sort of peering in voyeuristic view into the into the world of um, my village. Okay, so I'm in the 
another part of my um, planning stage here. So I'm getting all my equipment um, ready and I'm just kind of um, checking it works. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I've done this because I realised that I need some uh, new batteries for my camera. <laughs> so I know that um, I'm going to go and have to... Um, there's There's one specific shop I know that I can get the batteries that I need um, so I'll definitely have to take a trip there so thankfully I, I checked that beforehand um, I was also uh, just checking I know that I quite often have film in, you know film film in but I just double checked and um, luckily obviously I do have some cine still film which is good but by checking I realised that I need to sort of order some more as well um, so that's the second second thing. Um, I also sort of making sure everything I need with my tripod, um, my tripod mounts, everything's there. Um, and so I've got my little list of what I need, um, writing that down. And obviously I've got a memo for myself now to make sure I go and get my batteries. Um, and then I'll be then I think I'll be good to go. Um, the weather's not looking so promising. Um, but we'll have to we'll have to see with that one. See what transpires. Um, yeah, so I'll I've got my camera. I know I need my batteries. I've got my film. Got my tripod, um, and I just need to get like a, my little rucksack ready. Um, so I'm I'm kind of all ready to go. Um, I'm just wondering whether um, I should possibly um, bring a light with me. Whether I do um, as a as an aside, um, so I've have checked uh, checked um, one of my lights and they're all fine, um, battery powered or fine. Um, so I've just got that as a kind of um, should I or shouldn't I? Um, because I was thinking just of available light, but I'll see. Okay, right, I'm back now um, after doing the, the challenge and oh gosh, um, first of all, it wasn't the it wasn't very nice the weather. It was free apart from it being really cold, it was quite drizzly as well. So um, you know, had to wear appropriate clothing, but that kind of got in the way because I'd initially um, was gonna put my camera on a tripod. Um, but to be honest, it was so cold and it was quite wet that I opted in the end to just hand held, hand -held everything. So every shot I did was hand held. Um, I'm glad as well that um, I did my recce beforehand because um, I think it would the time just goes so quickly, um, as you will know yourselves if you if you've taken part in the challenge. Um, so I was I was happy that. Um, Luckily, the, the places that I'd selected, they had their lights on, so that was a plus. Um, and I'm glad as well that I selected the garage that I selected. Um, that was, I enjoyed taking that. Um, there was a couple of shots that I wanted, I had to wait because people came to the garage, so I had to kind of wait for them to um, disappear as we were walking across it. Um but overall, yeah, no, it, it was um, it, it it was went 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 well, and I think that um, the time just flew as it always does. Just me walking about, you don't realize how quick an hour is. Um, so that kind of doing that wrecking, knowing exactly where I was going to go, really helped. 
Um, my only concern is, like I say, because the weather was just so miserable, um, is that I didn't put, you know, the, not using the tripod. So we'll have to wait and see um, what transpires. Um, yeah, but as always, once you get into the challenge, um, quite excited now to see what the results will be. <laughs> and we're back! And we're all back, which is always a really good sign. It means no one's had any horrific accidents in the interim period or just decided that this was a disaster and left. Um, so, yeah, it's me, John, John Michael, Billy Sanford, and Nick Marshall all back in the room. Say hello, everyone. Hello. 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 So, first question. Did everyone get some pictures? Yes. 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 I think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Okay. Um, I got some digital pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Defo, defo. I know I've got some digital pictures. Um, all right. So... Uh, let's start with Billy. You you were the first one back here, so uh, when I got online, you were already here waiting. Had you been here very long? Uh, just a couple of minutes. Okay, so you you were the quickest. I mean, I was I was second one in. I was pretty great, but not as great as Billy. How did you get on this evening? I I think it went pretty well. So I, I was back quick because I was shooting in the space I'm already in, um, but. Uh, I think it went well. I took the uh, the advice from the show a couple of weeks back when you were talking about being prepared. I made sure I had all of the batteries I needed. Uh, since my particular goal was to shoot flash, I did take a couple of digital shots uh, first to make sure you know all of my settings were going to be in the general neighborhood <laughs> of what I needed, and then I. Um, but I didn't set up anything beforehand because in the spirit of the challenge, I wanted to, you know, you've been commissioned to do the shoot, you show up, you set up, you do the shoot, and then you're done, uh, was kind of my approach to it. But I was able to get everything set up, did get a little bit nervous when uh, I looked down at my phone and the first 15 minutes was gone already and I had not <laughs> taken any shots yet. <laughs> uh, so then I did sort of blast through the the first third of the roll probably um but i kept it fairly simple uh i used some old wine bottles as my subject a, a couple of plants and then my uh canon ae1 everyone loves a camera shot right mm -hmm. um, and then i i was using um three three backdrops that I switched between a uh, black one, a gray one, and an off-white one, just to see what the differences would give me. And the bottles were brown and green, so I swapped those out just to see, you know, what kind of different tones I might get. I had the uh, flash to the camera right, and then I had a reflector on the left side with a um, white reflecting side and a gold reflecting side. So I flipped that around a couple of times just to see what differences I would get from that. That sounds awesome. So how much did you, but, did you get through a whole roll? I did, uh, 36 exposures of Silbera 200. Very nice, very nice, awesome work. Okay, well, we might as well carry on doing this in order of who, who got back on the course. So John, you rocked up next. How did it go for you? <laughs> 
Yeah, it went all right, actually. Um, I was a lot more chilled than I thought I was going to be. The last time we did this, I just I was sweating by the end of it. I was so kind of just panicked by it all. But this was a bit bit more controlled this time. Um, my main cons- thing that I didn't plan, which came to light immediately, was that I hadn't planned the lighting. So I set the projector up and realised that was okay but I needed some light on the front of me as well. And as soon as I put that on, it brought out all the creases on the sheet. So I had to kind of work that out, how I was going to flag the light off and meter and everything. So I used my digital camera to meter. um, And I was setting up for three quarters of an hour with that, basically. I set up two different lighting arrangements, one without the light on the front, just the projector light. So I'm silhouetted against it. And I worked out the settings, I wrote those down. Then about three quarters of an hour through, I switched over to my film camera, which I shot with double X. Um, and yeah, I just got through 32 shots in 15 minutes. The hardest thing is focus. Well, when you're taking photos of yourself, get like I set, mm. it, set it up manually on the digital camera and could was able to kind of tweak it a bit. But as soon as you go to film, you've got no reference whether it's it's right or not so yeah fingers crossed some of them will be in focus yeah yeah that sounds good though it sounds like the experience went well yeah really enjoyed it it's just kind of makes you think on your feet really quickly and find solutions to stuff so yeah good fun i'm really looking forward to seeing those pictures uh john michael you are going for extra credit brownie points this evening you are the only one unsurprisingly i'd say who actually has finished images like done ready developed go so let's hear about your evening you bloody smart ass <laughs> well i planned a lot in advance so i had everything set up um basically the only thing that wasn't ready to go was my model which was my wife so she was waiting when we got off the call and then we we quickly ran upstairs and i had set up a black sheet as a as a backdrop and I was using a one, I had two flashes ready to go, but I decided to just stick with one for simplicity's sake. And um, so I quickly, I grabbed my webcam, which is my digital camera, brought it upstairs and used that to kind of get an idea of where the light was falling. Um, I actually have a little LED light that I put on my flash so I can kind of see where it's aiming. And that helps a lot of getting an idea of where the light is going to fall. Um, so I don't have to set up each shot quite as carefully. Um, so I, I did all that. I metered. Then I looked at my little cheat sheet of, okay, if my digital camera is at F32, that means that I can shoot at F5.6 on my Roly. So I was doing the conversions of all that. Got that ready. Um, Shot the first plate, that went okay, and then I couldn't get the dark slide to go back into the little holder on the glass plate, so I had to fiddle with that for what felt like forever. Um, Finally managed to get it in, and uh, then shot two more plates that way, and then switched to the Hasselblad and shot 12 shots very quickly on that. So I was done shooting about half an hour, 35 minutes after we started. And then I quickly ran into the the dark bathroom and uh, threw in the first plate and in a panic waited for five minutes for anything to show up. And uh, as I'm just shooting these very, very 
thin little silhouettes there is there's almost no black on the whole flame it's almost all clear glass and then there's this little bit of black which is the the highlights um so at at some point i was able to see that so i was relieved that the developing went okay um through that one in the fixer and then through the other two in at the same time and then uh quickly ran back to get on the call it all worked out Basically, as I had expected, um, I was a bit optimistic. I thought I might be able to get the the roll film in the developing tank as well and get that developed, but uh, that was kind of the, the extra bonus round. I I thought if I managed to get the plates developed, I'll be doing good. Mm, so, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I think that was that was pretty good. So I'm pretty happy with it. The, the first plate, from what I can see, definitely came out. Um, I, probably you won't be able to see it on the video here and people listening definitely won't be able to but there's definitely an image there and um and the other two are much more detailed um for the first shot i just um went up to basically the the closest focusing distance of the of the rolly flex and then for the second two shots i put on the um they're called rollina in german it's like a it's like a set of eyeglasses for your rolly flex so you can get even closer so i put that on and uh was able to get um, fill the frame a bit more for the next two shots. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Great stuff. Nick, how about you? You were the only one who had the opportunity to go outside and see some sunshine in all of this. How did it go for you? Um, it went okay. Uh, I think the toughest part was deciding which film and cameras to use because mm -hmm. I have way too many uh, cameras, even too many instant cameras. Um, I decided to go with... Uh, cameras that I have used before. So those were a known quantity, but um, the film that I wanted to try was um, some couple different things. I, I just recently got something um, called Inst, uh, Fuji Pivi film, which is sort of a cousin of Instax film. It came out around the same time, but um, it's, uh, it was used for digital printers that were connected to camera phones. And then I had to reload that into in a changing bag. Um, I recorded a little audio play-by-play, -play if, uh, if I can add that together. I don't know if that will work out. That would um, be fabulous. That, um, that one uh, was a little nerve-wracking because the uh, cartridge is something I'd never dealt with, and, and messing around in a changing bag is always a little bit tough when you're um, under the gun like that. Mm. Um, that one, uh, so I got that, and... Um, some sheets of that loaded up into an Instax mini camera. And then also I grabbed some um, expired impossible color spectra film. This was expired 2016, a um, few years ago. And yeah, just ran outside. Um, subject, the only interesting thing I've really around here are trees and bushes. Um, <laughs> so I found a dramatic looking tree with some clouds in the background, took some shots of that. The um, in, This Instax Pivi film didn't seem to work really at all. Um, <laughs> kind of a disaster there, but uh, I went went with the uh, Spectra film. Um, it's still developing right now. This film is supposed to develop about 20, 30 minutes. But uh, I, think I, got, I think I got something on the Spectra film. That that would be good. That would be good. I mean, twenty sixteen Spectra film. You're rolling the dice on that, even with that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, it's been in the fridge since then. But yeah, I've I've heard Impossible Film uh, doesn't age very well. 
Yeah. No, and I, I think the Spectre film. I, I what was? Um, I don't know whether any one of you guys can elucidate, but what was the reason that they canned Spectre film? Was it just? Oh, oh, it's the it's the film tends to jam, so the, ah, it's okay. a problem that the the cameras, the cameras motors or electronics age very badly and then the batteries in the film don't have enough power to eject the film uh, i thought i have i have a camera that i actually modified myself with an external battery pack mm-hmm. um and the, even even then the uh the film was really struggled to get out the second shot i second shot i took actually did jam um so i'm not sure if i can get that one i'll try to get that one out but it's it's uh not out of the camera yet. <laughs> that sounds oh, like a, a traumatic experience with cameras jam, but that's cool. <laughs> well, I, I I hope we get to see these. Um, for my part, as you will have heard in the stuff that I recorded, I did quite a lot of preparing beforehand because with my not working proper properly shoulder, I knew that I was going to find things slower and harder to do. So I'd got as much of the physical setup as I could do in advance done, because there was a lot. Um, I had two tripods holding up a pole. I had all this stuff. I had light stands, I had everything. So I had it all set up, but we hadn't really done any testing. Um, I had all my gear in the room ready. Uh, having all of that stuff there and the preparation done, boy, Am I so glad I did that? Because it meant that I was able to concentrate just on taking pictures. Um, and I did it very simply. Um, I was using, so I got uh, a couple of, well, no, three lights. I had three lights. So it's pretty extravagant. So I had a light at the back, uh, an LED light to one side to kind of as a fill light and a flash to, uh, that actually had some juice in it. And I um, got a very simple setup tried it with the digital camera a few times, went, okay, that looks about right. What are the settings for that? Okay, ISO 200, that's giving me one one twenty, uh, yeah, 125th of a second at F4. Great, that's me done. That's what I'm shooting at now. Grabbed the Bronica and just went. So I blitzed through a roll of FP4 with the Bronica. I rated that at 200. Um, I uh, then thought, okay, I want to get some more pictures. Uh, I shot a few um, shots on Portra, because I also had some Portra 400 in another back for the Bronica. Um, took quite a few pictures on digital whilst I was going, not partly to check, but also because Sinead was giving me her time for doing this, I wanted to make sure I had something for her. <laughs> because if I get nothing on film, well, you know, I'll look like a dumbass, but that'll be the end of it. But to just have nothing full stop after she's gone to quite a lot of effort to make herself look nice and everything. <laughs> um, so I did that. Uh, one of the things that I had in my planning and thinking, and I knew what cameras I wanted to use and all this, one thing that really <laughs> could have caught me out if I'd not had other options, etc. Um, I went to grab the F3, thinking, okay, I'll use this, grab my flash, tr- flash trigger, and um, no hot shoe on my F3. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm not using this camera. Um, <laughs> so in the end, I dashed back into my room here and grabbed the F301, the Nikon F301, and that has got a hot shoe, and also it makes the f- the sound that sounds like um, Girls on Film from Duran Duran, so that was quite fun to use. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I blitzed through. So I got through a whole roll of the FP4 in the Bronica, a uh, few shots in colour portrait, and I think I got about twelve shots on um, thirty-five mil. I, I went with FP4 again. Um, I wasn't. I mean, 
it it was still quite rushed the lighting was very simple and i kind of went yes that looks vaguely evenly lit that's good enough um using the i'm really glad that i did go with the digital camera as a check beforehand because um it helped me catch something which i just wouldn't have done if i'd been metering it was i took a couple of pictures and i was like hang on a second there's a a bright specular flash up above his left hand shoulder i'm like what on earth is that and then i realized that what it was was that the light was bouncing off the patio windows sort of 15 feet behind us and just coming back in and, and hitting the um chiffon so i closed the curtains across that problem went away but yeah um but no it was good fun and because i'd done the setup and the planning beforehand i was really able to concentrate just on taking pictures and engaging with Sinead and doing that and um yeah it was really good fun it was really good fun did, when you were doing your planning did you think about any different lighting did you like research different lighting setups no i like didn't that? get that far i did not get that far i should have done <laughs> but to be honest I, I, in some ways i'm glad that i didn't um because i think by going with just the one essentially the you know i i had um like i said a fill light off to Sinead's left and then the flash on the right and that was basically mm -hmm. it that was it but it meant that I then I just concentrated on what Sinead was doing and her posing and, to, and you know I'm we'll see what they come out like but um but at least I know I've got I know I've got at least some digital pictures that she likes therefore whatever happens mm -hmm. with the film I'm fine I'm safe <laughs> <laughs> you won't be out on the streets for Christmas I won't be out on the streets for Christmas so um so John Michael, you said you, uh, as along with me, probably did the most planning for this. Is that something you normally do when you're doing a shoot like this, or is this quite unusual for you? Um, it depends a bit. I, I work with models fairly often. That's what I enjoy doing mm. the most when I'm shooting, and I always do a mix of digital and film. So it's, um, I guess this was kind of fairly standard for me. I find that the more planning I do, the happier I am with the results. So it always motivates me to kind of think of things ahead of time and at least have a a rough plan of what to do and what kind of the theme of the shoot is that we're going for. Um, I, you know, for this one, I, I put together a Pinterest board of some pictures of, you know, this is the kind of thing that I'm looking for. So I could also show my wife and say, okay, this is the kind of thing that I have in mind. What do you think? And... Um, so I find I find that the clearer, especially with if you're working with a a person, the the more you can both get on the same page as to what you're trying to do, the the better things go. If you just turn up and say, okay, let's take some nice pictures. What do you think would look mm -hmm. good? And then you you know your model is looking at you like, well, what am I supposed to do with my hands? And what am I supposed to do with my face? And where do I look? And does that look good or here or? And so the the more planning you do, um, you can just pull up the picture and say, let's try and do something that looks a bit like this. And that that is always a great way to just say, okay, um, we both have the same picture in mind now, and you can you can both kind of get that get that on the film or on the card as you're as you're working towards the same goal. Yeah, yeah, Billy, you'd um, you'd run through this idea for a shoot before you'd had kind of a dry run before when you'd taken similar pictures to this did you find that gave you the help that you needed this time to do it faster to do it better 
I think so. I knew from that previous experience, uh, I had a better idea of how to work with the light, I think. Um, so my, you know, my original idea had also been to do some, try to do some portraits, but I wasn't able to get someone <laughs> who was available at the time and had thought about, uh, you know, in the past you had uh, Sandra Cohen on the show. Mm. And she does a lighting with film class on Creative Live. So I had watched that in anticipation of this. So I did some preparation for a shoot I didn't do. <laughs> um, Next time. That's right. But um, but yeah, I, th I think having that previous experience uh, definitely helped. I mean, I'm 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 not a big flash shooter to begin with, so any additional experience I can get with that helps, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, as we mentioned at the beginning, you came into this pretty hot, um, so you really didn't have any time to plan for this. In your um, general shooting, are you somebody who uh, you're grabbing moments when you can and getting out there, or do you find time to actually plan what you want to do? And, and if you do get a chance to plan, do you find it makes a difference to you? Yeah, I think um, when I have time to plan, um, often I shoot instant film. Often I shoot um, portraits, people, often like uh, bands after concerts and things like that. Uh, none of that in the past few months. But um, I usually kind of pre-visualize at least the camera that I want to use and the film that I want to use. Location-wise, um, I will sometimes just take a quick walk around, find a find a nice looking background that's not either not too distracting or that complements the subject and will maybe look interesting. Or even if it's say black and white film, if they have dark hair, go for a light background. If they have light hair, go for a you know contrasting background. Um, that type of thing. I usually try to think about ahead of time. Um, yeah, today I kind of just kind of was winging it the whole way but but that's that's also fun in itself but yeah you don't if if you're trying to get um predictable results it's definitely helpful to plan ahead yeah for sure for sure john your ideas this evening were you know as as is always the case with you pretty out there pretty uh and i know you didn't get a lot of time to prepare before but one how grateful are you for the preparation you did and two if you could if you could have done like with hindsight if you could have got something else done in preparation beforehand to make things easier what would it have been uh the big prepper would have done would have tidied my dark shed <laughs> so i had, it so is I had a real pigsty can like, confirm we can see how much of a mess it is behind you <laughs> there, i didn't realize the reality of so I did like a rear projection where the projector is on the back of the screen and I stood on the other side of it, right? So the amount of space I needed to get a large projection to cover me, I was hoping to do a full body shot. I just didn't have that available. So I ended up having to crop in and just do a top shot, top half shot, or like a more of a portrait, which is fine. I just had to adapt, you know, and, and I think that's part of it, isn't it? So you can do so much planning, but when it comes to the actual event you've got to adapt quickly um but i was really put like so like concept wise i had actually done quite a lot of thought about that and written some notes so 
because I was able to do that, like I could, like in a bit of downtime, I could just sit there and think about things. So when it came to the actual, what I was doing in the photographs, I'd thought that through and sort of feeling I was going for in it. And I'm really glad I spent the time doing that because I would have str- really struggled if I hadn't. Yeah, it is. it comes back to that thing where when I was talking to um, Rachel and Claire about this, where I think, at least personally, I think it's very difficult to have your brain in very different spaces. I think if you're having to think from scratch about the creative idea, it's very difficult to also be thinking about the technical size that you need to get right and all of that. Um, I mm-hmm. know that I was doing some test shots with the digital and, okay, blah, 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 grabbed my Veronica and because I was very much in, okay, what, what position you're getting to and thinking about the posing side of things, I just grabbed the Veronica and pulled the trigger. Um <laughs> with nothing else in between and and because it's a bronica it went (laughs) good one there's five things you need to do before our fire but thank god it did because i went what am i doing i haven't set the shutter speed or aperture on this let alone turn this style pulled this thing out and turn this thing on but yeah it was just because i was like okay just go and 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 that's why again having that sort of real simple layout just meant that i could just my brain could just concentrate on that because i find it really hard to have my brain which is probably why i'm not well suited to being uh a photographer who needs to get because you you need to be thinking about all these things at the same time yeah um otherwise you're going to miss something i think like part like talking about planning a big thing you can do during the planning phase is get comfortable with the technical aspects mm. so spend time with your camera spend time with lighting just how things physically work and then hope that that that's just like muscle memory when it comes to the photography, like the shooting part of it. And you can just focus on the creative elements then and all the technical things just slot into place. Yeah. I think I think the thing that really, coming back to the thing I said when we were talking to Claire about kind of being your future's best friend, the fact that I had in the room there, I had all the gear that I needed. So I not only had the camera and the lens that was on it, I had the other lenses for it. So I started off with 150 mil on the Bronica. I went, okay, this is, I, I can get some nice shots with this, but I can't get far enough away. So I switched to a, um, a 75 mil or whatever it is on the Bronica. I think it's 75. And so, you know, but having that stuff to hand and not having to go and look mm-hmm. for it um, made a hell of a difference. Um, well, I'm glad you guys, I'm glad. Yes, John Michael. Yeah, I wanted to say that even if you have everything um, set up and ready to go, it still was nerve-wracking. You know, my wife kept saying, remember, you only have an hour. You only have an hour. (laughs) And I mean, I've got the counter going down on my phone. And it's, uh, even if you're comfortable with everything, it's, um, you know, I've used all the equipment before. I know how it all works. But just remembering to switch the transmitter from my digital camera over to the film cameras mm. so that the flashes will trigger and remembering to set the aperture then and all those things uh, even if you've done it quite a bit before i was still sweating and i was like oh man i'm, I'm in a hurry this is going fast and looked at the clock after i'd taken the pictures like oh man that went that took a lot longer than i thought mm. Yeah, so you hear those stories of like real top end photographers that are shooting celebrities and or like royalty in the UK or whatever, and they literally have like a ten minute slot yeah. to get that portrait, don't they? And it's just like you've got to know your gear, you know, you've got to know and trust your gear to get that photo within that space of time. It's it's absolutely nothing. 
they're probably not fussing around with three different cameras and glass plates and different things. No, they're probably not developing the plates. Or developing (laughs) them at the same time. So I I think um, having realistic expectations is also very helpful. Yeah, yeah. I I actually found this much lower stress than before just because of the prep work that had been done. Um, And like I said, the fact that it it gave me a bit of bandwidth. So when things started not working out, I didn't immediately freak out. Like there was a point... Um, when a couple of times after I'd switched to the portrait um, I took a picture went the flash didn't pop did it and she went no and like, okay let me check the flash because the flash is triggered and I don't know what it was it could just be because they're cheap triggers but there were a few times when that it just did not trigger the flash and when you're shooting medium format a couple of shots which on if you're shooting with flash that's a couple of shots that are just black you've got nothing now so it's like okay i'm going to risk one more shot and see if it works okay it did and then we got through the rest but you know it, it just gave you a bit of bandwidth there to have that small panic and know okay if this doesn't if i try it again and it doesn't work i have time to go and get another camera and go um Gentlemen, I want to do a round robin and find out where all of your social medias are. So I'm hoping that as these pictures get developed or scanned or whatever it might be, that you will share them wherever you share these things online. So, uh, John Michael, where can people go to find your stuff online? You can go to jmm-photos.com. That's my website. Or you can go to uh, JM Mendiza on Instagram. Wonderful stuff. Billy, what about you? I am at B Sanford Jr. B S A N F O R D J R on Instagram or Twitter. Lovely stuff. Nick, are you on the socials also? Yeah, I haven't been doing a ton this year, but um, yeah, I'm Instagram. Uh, Mono Distortion is M O N O D I S T O R T I O N, and also on Flickr. Same, same name. Lovely stuff. I'll make sure links to all of these are in the show notes, seeing as yours is quite a long one, and I definitely will not remember it unless I put it in the show notes. And um, hopefully we'll get to see your Spectra image if it has developed within the next week or so. (laughs) Uh, John, I know people should know where you are by now, but just to remind the folks at home. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Dark Shed, and I am on YouTube as well, The Dark Shed, and I might preview these images there first this week, next week. In one of your 12 days of Printmas? Yeah, I might do a print of one. We'll see. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds (laughs) awesome. Um, Well, that's fantastic. Gents, thank you so much for joining us for this this evening. It's been a lot of fun, and it's actually not been a disaster, which is amazing. Thank you for having us. Um, for listeners, I'm not quite sure what you may have heard in addition to these conversations. I'm really hoping uh, that um, we might get some audio for Claire from this. Who's John and I might be able to catch up with Claire. That's a possibility to find out how Claire got on. Um, but uh, I hope you've enjoyed And I hope that this inspires you to get out and shoot. Like, If we can do this in the depths of winter, then you can definitely be doing something too. Uh, we will play you out, as always, with Rachel's fabulous music from her band Roja, which you can find on Spotify and Bandcamp and Amazon and wherever good music can be found. And we will be with you, I suspect, we will be with you next week for a little pre-Christmas something. (laughs) I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be a little pre-Christmas something. And I will probably be drinking. That's my plan. Oh, no. That's my concern to you, the (laughs) list. I'm going to be ill next week. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can't. You can't. Um, Until then, thank you so much, everybody on the call, and thank you so much to everybody listening. Goodbye. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.